Rebirth of Venus. I'm Caitlin Matanley, and I'm a spiritual mindset coach, a personal development junkie, an all-around Venus worshiper, and a powerful witch. I'm here to talk dirty about evolution, revolution, and how to embody the archetype of Venus, original bad bitch, every damn day. Thanks for listening. My friends, my loves, my beauties, my everybodies, welcome to the show. This is the Rebirth of Venus podcast. My name is Caitlin Matanley. For those of you who are just tuning in, what the hell have you been waiting for? Just kidding. I'm so glad you're here now. <laughs> and for those of you returning, as always, thank you so much for listening. I know there are a million podcasts out there, not to mention, you know, YouTube videos, Netflix, whatever the kids are doing these days. And I don't take it lightly that you tune in to the episodes each week or multiple times a week with me here. So thank you so much for joining. And I have an awesome interview episode for you today. But before I get into the interview, I wanted to let you know about a free event I'm hosting next week. Yes, it's free. Yes, it's live. Yes, it's online. So you can tune in from anywhere. Yes, the vibes are going to be lit. It's the Boss Witch Biz Party, and I want you to come. So it's going down next Tuesday, August 20th at 7 p.m. Central Time. And you can click the link in the show notes to get all the details and to sign up, or you can head to rebirthofvenus.com, and there should be a pop-up that tells you about it as well, because I just want to tell everybody because I'm so fucking excited about it. So what is the Boss Witch Biz Party? Basically, if you have boss witch dreams, but you've been afraid to launch your fantasy business idea, or maybe you have a business, but you're afraid to fire that existing business into the full-time stratosphere, I want you to RSVPS by entering your email in the form, in the show notes, and showing up. Because at the party, I'm going to be showing you how to make your fantasy business happen with secrets that make you money now. And of course, because I'm a witch and it's the Boss Witch Biz Party, we're going to be learning all kinds of cool magic that you can apply to create success on your own terms today. So even if you're a seasoned biz witch, I really encourage you to come because I guarantee you're going to learn some really fun secrets that you may not have heard before. My approach to business is not conventional at all. Are you surprised? <laughs> Probably not. And at the same time, like, I love to go big on strategy and go equally big on magic. And that's what really makes my approach different and, you know, just makes it a lot of fun. So if you love hanging out with me on the, episode, on the podcast episodes, I really encourage you to come, even if you're not even sure if a business is in your future, if you're just kind of feeling the magic vibes and you want to be there, I encourage you to come check it out. Because, you know, the world needs your powerful presence. It's my deep, deep, deep belief that we need you. And so at the Boss Witch Biz Party, I'm going to be showing you how to cast a spell of success on your own terms. It's going to be so much fun. It's going to be live. We get to chat. It's 
just going to be so fucking lit. So I really, really, really am excited to see you there. Remember, it's next Tuesday, August 20th. Get the full details and RSVP to the party at the link. The link in the show notes. Yes. <laughs> oh, gosh. It's been a day. It's been a day. Um, anyway, I'm so excited to see you there. Let me know if you have any questions. I'll see you next Tuesday. And until then, I hope you love, love, love this interview episode. I'm talking with Madam Z of Madam Z Tarot about empowerment, about magic, about how they come together, and you're going to love it. So thank you for listening and enjoy the show. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Rebirth of Venus. Today, I have an exciting new interview episode for you. I'm here with Madam Z of Madam Z Tarot. And Madam Z is a tarot reader. She is a magical mentor and life coach, and she specializes in really everything we're about here at Rebirth of Venus, which is bringing the magic into the everyday, making your life more magical, and using magic to transform your life and to empower you to create change. So I'm really excited to explore these topics today with Madam Z. Thank you so much for joining us, Madam Z. Welcome. Thanks, Caitlin. I'm so glad that I am here in, in an awesome group, it sounds like. Yes, the, the Rebirth of Venus community is turned into such a fun, amazing community of magically minded people, whether or not they actually identify as, you know, witches or mystics. It's really interesting how just talking about this work, this intersection between personal empowerment, personal development, and the sort of more magical aspects of life, how that brings people together from kind of all different walks of life. And so please, why don't you share with us how you got started with magic, how your spiritual journey began, and how you started on this path. All right, perfect. So let's go way back, if we can remember that far back, right? Pre-internet, if you can believe that. Oh, remember? What a terrible time. (laughs) I know, I know. I always tell my clients that you guys are so lucky you have the internet, because when I started off in my craft, which is 20 plus years ago, we didn't have this. If we wanted to learn about occult studies or paganism or Wiccan, we had to go underground or in the back of the dreary, dark library in the corner where there was five books, (laughs) right? (laughs) We were begging for information. So now it's changed. Now it's really mainstream. So I started about 25 plus years ago in my craft. And um, just a little bit of background, I was raised Christian, born into Christianity, and I left in my 20s because I decided that I didn't resonate with that and I needed something where I was more in control of my life, my path, and also where I can connect with Mother Nature and the Divine. I was missing that. And that started me on the path of Wiccan. And I started very strict and studied with a high priestess under her for many, many years. And then I decided that Wiccan was just too, I don't know what you would say, too strict. <laughs> and I wanted to be able to do my own practice and make you know my own thing that resonated with me. So now I consider myself a more eclectic witch. 
And I empower women coming out of the broom closet through witchcraft and magical classes. Amazing. You know, I agree with you because I think I, you know, and I mean, absolutely no shade to anyone who practices Wicca in any way, shape or form. However, sometimes we don't realize when we're exploring new alternative forms of spirituality that Wicca is a religion. And with that comes, you know, a certain level of dogma. That's certainly not to say that all Wiccans are dogmatic in their approach. However, I think a lot of us do ultimately want something where we really feel like we're ultimately in control and where we can rely on our intuition and our own, you know, I believe intuition comes from our own magical lineage. And it's really powerful to be able to decide how we want to practice. And that empowerment piece is so important. So how do you use empowerment or how do you use witchcraft to empower your clients to create positive change in their lives? I love to teach spell casting and using the elements of earth, air, fire, water to change your circumstances. A lot of my clients come from what I call um, a Christian background where they've kind of have this um, kind of guilt about asking or they're having a problem with worthiness of asking and they don't feel that they are good enough to receive everything to either a lot of them just are like why should I be asking I don't deserve this and I have to help them retrain their brain and use magic as speaking to the universe and telling the universe what you want being magical every single day, doing your spell casting, herb magic, candle magic, divination, all of that has to do with being in power and who you are in your life. And not just living, there's a difference between thriving and living. And I have to get my clients into the whole thriving mode of what their practice is and empowering them to change their circumstances. A lot of my clients are in um, bad relationships, definitely in bad positions in their job. They're not fulfilled in their life. They want to know how to change it. So I teach them through magic how to do spell casting, how to maneuver the elements, how to speak to the universe and tell the universe what you want. And you can't get what you want unless you, if you don't ask for it, right? You have to tell the universe what you want loud and clear. So we work with the moon energies. We work with herbal magic, the correspondences that um, are with candle magic. Um, a lot of circle casting, a lot of ritual, and a lot of working with the cycles of the year of the wheel. We have to be in tune with the cycles and how the universe of Mongaya changes and how that affects your body. So um, a lot of it is just empowering themselves and changing their circumstances through magic. You know, I think you touched on a really important point there, which is about the worthiness piece. That's something we've talked about a lot on the show here. And it's funny because I see so many people who are coming, you know, who are in 
what we'll call the umbrella of new age spirituality, which may include the practice of witchcraft. And I see so many people who have these ideas, these holdovers from the religion of their upbringing that really talk of, you know, that, that tell them that they, or that are interpreted rather to tell them that they, you know, shouldn't ask for more, that you, there's this kind of judgmental God. And a lot of people even who talk about the universe still use that same language of judgment. And I always say the universe doesn't give a shit. The universe is a cold ass bitch. (laughs) The universe is only responding to us. And it's interesting how we have that holdover. And I actually have recently been studying a lot of new thought literature, which is kind of like turn of the century, like early law of attraction literature, which is often presented in a biblical context. And it's interesting because what I've learned as somebody who never really studied the Bible before and still don't, I don't really study it. But what I'm learning is that actually a lot of these passages that are used in you know, many people's experience of the church or, you know, any of the Judeo-Christian uh, faiths, they are actually, you can just as easily interpret them to be empowered, but because at the risk of going on a tangent about, you know, religion often being used to, to disempower people, you know, we aren't necessarily taught to ask for more. And, you know, that actually makes me wonder, Madam Z, What's your journey been around worthiness? What's your journey been around really stepping into your desires and asking for more and claiming that? Has that been a difficult journey for you? Oh, yes. Because I went before I started this, you know, part of my whole journey was going to college, getting my MBA, working in corporate America. And I worked the majority of my life in corporate America in higher education. So I was what I would call a nine to five person. And then I had my muggle weekends, right? So it was, you know, I would have my suit and high heels nine to five. And then at, you know, six o'clock on a Friday, I would put all that away and get all of my magical garb out so I can do ritual and retreats on the weekend and then put all that away on Sunday night at nine. And it was cycle all the way through. And there was a huge disconnect with that. And um, there just comes a point in time where I just couldn't reconcile it anymore. The universe and, you know, I connect with the goddess. So the goddess is very much present in my life. And I walk with the goddess every day. And she was telling me every day, you have a higher calling. You have got to step out. I will be there to support you. I know it's scary. But I had to make that change because I couldn't reconcile my two lives anymore. Um, When I was in corporate America, it was very much male dominated type of energy. There was no female energy because in that type of environment, it's sink or swim. There's no room for being um, nice and sweet and bringing people into your heart and being more, you know, heart centered It is dog eat dog world out there. And, you know, people would step on your back trying just to get a higher position. I never understood that. And I saw sexism. I saw the, you know, proverbial glass ceiling where, you know, they say, oh, as a female, we're expected to break the glass ceiling, but then we're expected to keep 
um, clean up all of the shards of glass. Right? Oh, damn, I never heard that. That's good. <laughs> yeah, and I was like, that is so true. But, you know, you have fear that of asking for the raise or, you know, fear of, oh, man, I want that corner office so bad, but I know I don't deserve it because I hadn't been here long enough. Or there's a hierarchy or, you know, Sam wants it or, you know, whatever Sam gets because he has, you know, speaks up, right? He gets the squeaky wheel, gets the grease kind of thing. So we are taught in, you know, as females just to take a back seat. And it's changing for us now. And so once I left corporate America, I just couldn't fathom or just I could never go back to it because it's so male energy. It's more do, do, do and mark off your tasks and get to the highest position, make all this money. But on the other part of it, where's the feminine aspect of it? Where's the connection? Where is the understanding? Um. So I just didn't feel that I was powerful in what I wanted to do in my life in that environment. And it could be different for everybody. But for what I am called to do, I had to break out of that mold of that nine to five and working in a cubicle and being told how long I could take a lunch or how long I had to work and not get compensated for it. So it was for me freeing. It was terrifying <laughs> stepping out. I'm not going to lie. Everybody is scared when they take that big, huge leap of faith. I call it the, um, the, the fool, right? That um, leap, leap of faith, blind leap of faith and stepping into your power. It's crazy scary. And a lot of my clients are just terrified. They're like, I know I need to do it. I need to do it. but taking that, you know, leap into the abyss and hoping that the universe or trusting yourself is huge. A lot of people have um, problems trusting themselves and changing their environment, you know, but I always tell my clients, um, you have an education, you've raised three kids, you've been through hell and back, you have what it takes to change your life. Absolutely. You know, I, I love that you brought up the fool, the, the tarot card, the fool, because you know, yeah, people always talk about the fool being, and, and for anyone who's listening who's not familiar with the tarot, the the fool is a card in tarot that's often attributed to this sensation, this time in your life when you need to take a leap, a blind leap, knowing that you will be you know, caught. It's this idea of leap and the net will appear. But the reason I love that you brought up the, the fool is because to me, the fool also is a big worthiness card. It's like when you're a child, Assuming you have a healthy upbringing, which not everybody does, but assuming you are in a relatively supportive environment, you don't always struggle with worthiness. You know, you, you kind of you ask for what you need and you expect to get it. Of course, not everybody gets it. I think also like when I look at my cats and they just don't they don't think about worthiness. They just know that their needs will be met. And in that moment, when we know that there's something else we need to do. That's the part that we often forget to examine, this idea that we actually have to feel worthy of a different life and worthy of a better life. 
And that is extremely difficult, especially if you don't have a lot of examples, which many of us don't, of people who are doing the thing you want to do. Um, if you come from a family where people have never done the thing you want to do, it can feel like things are stacked against you. And it can be really difficult to step into that sense of worthiness that allows you to have the courage necessary to take a leap. And, you know, that, that, makes, me, that makes me wonder, if you don't mind sharing, Madam Z, what were your first experiences like when you first stepped out on your own? Um, were your fears founded? <laughs> Obviously, things worked out in the end, but I'm really curious about, I love hearing about people's first experiences as entrepreneurs, especially unconventional entrepreneurs like ourselves. Well, after I left corporate America, was sitting in my car and was just like, what the hell did I just do? I just quit my 25 plus year career at, I don't know, 45, 46. I'm 48 now. So <laughs> amazing. You're like, I just yes. quit to be a witch. What the exactly. fuck am I thinking? <laughs> exactly. And I was like, I'm done with y'all. I don't care. I, I'll Uber because I'm in Austin, Texas. So I'm like, I'm going to make this work. I don't care what I have to do. I am going to make this work. So after I was just like put my head on the steering wheel and I was like, what did I just do? I just quit. All right. It's time to put my big witch on, hat on and it's time to witch. So it was terrifying. But you know what? The the I am extremely happier, extremely aligned with what I love to do and what my passion is. I get to teach women how to be more magical. I get to work in magic every single day. I get to lead circles. I've got my first witchy retreat coming up. My group is growing. I've helped women so much transform into the powerful woman that they are and not and just to see just to actually put a mirror up to them and just reflect who they are and reflect who I see in them because a lot of times that mirror will be fogged with self-doubt with self um what I call stinking thinking or bad talks or um, lifelongs of you're not good enough. Why are you asking for this? What makes you think that you can ask for this? So our our self-image gets distorted. You're not a size two. What makes you think you can be on stage and teaching this? You know, what makes you think that you don't look a certain way or fit the norm, which I'm telling you, I don't want anybody to fit a norm anymore. I want you to be as crazy, as weird as you want to be, because that is who you are, and that is completely who you are. But I get to live the life that I wanted to manifest for a long time, and that I created for myself. And I get to help amazing women come out of the witchy broom closet and just say, hello, bitches, I'm here, I have arrived. <laughs> right. So yeah, it was terrifying. I'm not gonna lie. I was, you know, because I had a plan. I said, like, "All right, I want this much money in my savings account before I decide to leave." Well, I'm here to tell everyone that there's no excuses and there's no right time to make a huge investment in yourself because that not that right time never comes. The universe doesn't want it to be a right time for you. The universe wants you to, and goddess wants you to trust them that it's going to be all right and to trust yourself that you have the skills, the knowledge, the passion to make changes in your life. 
It's not going to be a yellow brick road paved to, you know, the Emerald City. It's going to have some ups and downs for sure. But it is so worth it when you are living in your authentic self. Your soul is really, truly happy. I agree completely. You know, it's so easy to think that there's going to be the right time. And, you know, when I'm coaching clients, people ask about that a lot. Like, how much should I have? Or like, you know, what should, what do I need to have taken care of before taking a leave? And I say, you know, it's different for everybody. It's personal. But don't let those, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with planning, you know, I always say, don't start companies the way I do, just like on a whim, because I like, you know, I'm working a job I don't like. At least that's how I started my first couple of businesses. <laughs> but, you know, that works for me as somebody with a high tolerance for risk. But that, you know, I, I tell people it really depends on you. But it's important not to let those ideas of what you need or what you think you need become means of procrastination. Because so often we think, okay, just like you said, if this, once this happens, I'll feel this. It's really no different from people who are thinking, okay, like once I, you know, once I get this job, I'll be happy. Once I get this promotion, I'll be happy. Once I make this amount of money, I'll be happy. I'll feel secure, whatever the feeling is. And the reality is you have to feel that way first and you have to not be fearless but be willing to embrace the fear and do what has to be done. And I agree completely that authenticity, you know, whether you're finding ways to be more authentic in the job you have or whether authenticity for you means going and, and doing something on your own, that's really the secret sauce. That's what, what gets people into your world. That's what engages people in your work. And that's also a huge tool for spiritual growth. So how, how, how did your authenticity bloom after you started your business? What changed in the way you expressed yourself? Everything changed. <laughs> Everything changed. Um, when you're in corporate America or you live this life, you still have HR. You still can't say things that you want to say. You still have to stifle down the things that you really want to be a part of or you want to say. When I left corporate America, I had no nobody but me. I had no HR. I could cuss when I wanted to cuss. Hallelujah. I can tell people what I really felt. I can empower people, women especially. I was, uh, oh my gosh, the biggest thing is um, seeing women transform, but actually crying in front of women, in front of people. Cause you know, when you, you're not allowed to cry or you shut the door or you go to the bathroom and you cry in silence. When we come together as women in circle and we support each other, the authenticity of letting go of this, what I call a mask that you present to society. And when you are an actual sacred space or ritual or um, numerous circles that I run, it's a safe environment and women break down and we are vulnerable and we cry and we support each other. It's not looked down upon when someone actually has a breakthrough or they cry. It's none of this suck it up and move on. It's, you know, we recognize you. We release the things that you need to release with you and we are here to hold sacred space for you. But um, as far as being authentic, I am 
<laughs> here I am trying to censor myself again, right? <laughs> but <laughs> I speak my mind now, exactly what I speak my mind and exactly what people need to hear. Because I always tell my clients, wishing is not easy. It's not all, you know, I hate to say this, Becky from Whole Foods who goes gets, you know, um, crystals and sage. It's not essential oils. Well, it's a part of it, but it's not just essential oils and sage and crystals. Witching means you do the dark side of what your personality is, and you have to confront your fears and your shadow side and the stuff that you've oppressed. And you've got to deal with that before you can what I call marry the two souls, right? The, the male and female kind of thing. Or the light and the dark, because everybody has a light aspect and a dark aspect of themselves. But if they aren't reconciled or they're not connected, then you're still disjointed. Witching is not easy because a lot of women have just stifled their feelings, their anxieties, their experiences. Um, I go to a goddess festival once a year. And we have deep ritual with specific goddess every year. The first one I went to, we were honoring Isis. Amazing ritual. But we honored every cycle of the female aspect. And I think that we've gotten away from that. We did a huge ritual in celebrating what we call the maidens or the young ones moving into a different, the mother mode, into the, or the mother aspect. We celebrate their first bleeding. And ritual together. We honor them as they change. We honor the people or the women who have lost children um, by choice or by accident because a lot of times women, when they go through that, they're just, they don't know how to deal with that or you just kind of move on. They're never honored that loss. We honor when you're moving into the crone, which is leaving, you know, your mother aspect and moving into the wise woman aspect. These are all rituals that we've gotten away from as women and honoring the cycles of the power of the different aspects of the female. And um, so being authentic and celebrating your womanhood and who you are, whatever phase that you are in is where you are powerful at right now. And I want a lot of people to know that they're, you are exactly where you need to be right now and where you need to learn. Do you need to move forward? Yes. Just don't stay where you're at. <laughs> you always have to learn and grow. But um, being authentic has made me so much happier and calmer. Oh, my gosh. Can, I'm sure that you guys in the audience, and I'm sure you can attest to this too, Caitlin, that when you're not aligned with yourself and what you're supposed to be doing, your sole purpose or your authentic self, the anxiety is out the, the roof. Oh, it's so true. You know, I... I had a really funny experience, actually. I'm going to open, be open about this. I It was, I think, last maybe two winters ago. I was visiting my family in Baltimore, Maryland, in the U.S. I live in Mexico now. And I walked into Trader Joe's, and I was just, like, getting stuff at Trader Joe's. And something about pushing the cart at the Trader Joe's, it – like I suddenly had this emotional flashback of how stressed out I used to be all the fucking time. <laughs> and, 
you know, before the current incarnation and iteration of my life. And um, I was living in the DC area. I was, you know, I would go to Trader Joe's every Sunday for my groceries. And it wasn't that, you know, going to Trader Joe's was stressful, although anyone who's shopped there knows it can be. (laughs) But it was like, I was remembering this, you know, my nervous system was remembering how that felt. And I know a big piece of that was that at that point, I wasn't living a life that was fully authentic. It was authentic in some ways, but in others, it wasn't because, you know, I, I I had really been stuffing those feelings down, which you addressed. Yes. And you'll find out yours when you're not, you know, I keep saying about this, when you're not reconciled to who you are, you will find that you will, your body or your mind or your soul will try to reconcile that itself, or it will show up as anxiety. It will show up in overindulgence. It will show up in over drinking, you know, overeating, excess of anything. You can be a workaholic. You can be an exerciseaholic. You can spend too much time at home or whatever. When you are not aligned with, we talked about, you know, being authentic and who yourself, it will show and manifest in other ways. And you have to be very in, in tune with your body. And that's what, what witching is about. Also, you are in tune. Okay. What is going on with the universe now that I feel kind of wonky? Absolutely. It's, you know, <laughs> I mean, I, when I'm thinking about that time in, in question, yeah, I, I was drinking too much. I was over, I was, you know, had a spending addiction. I had all of these other issues that were, you know, really just my soul's way of saying like, hey, something's off. And this actually links to something you talked about earlier that I wanted to dive deeper into, which is that, you know, a lot of people, and first of all, I love that you call it witching, like make it a verb. I'm so into that. (laughs) But I, you talked about how a lot of people don't realize that this type of spiritual practice, it really requires you to confront your fears and to dive deep. And that's what many of us refer to as shadow work and shadow integration. You have to dive deep into your fears and really identify what's really driving you, the subconscious. And in my work with mindset, I always inform people that the subconscious runs 95% of our, not just physical actions, like beating of your heart and things like that, but are the actions we take in the world, the thoughts we think. And so the, the conscious program is actually very weak. And because many people aren't willing or maybe aren't knowledgeable about how to dive deeper into this work and how to uncover their fears and their, you know, the things that, that are, you know, causing some of the experiences of their lives because people aren't diving deep into that. They are, you know, they'll self-sabotage. They will, you know, the things come out in another way. It doesn't ever disappear. And this, what, this is what I thought about as you said that. And anyone who has been on listening to the show for a while knows that, you know, every few episodes I go here, I was thinking about capitalism <laughs> and how really like this form of spiritual bypass is, has been, you know, we've been trained through capitalism to basically numb ourselves and to resist the deep dive by, you know, seeking creature comforts that we have to pay for often. And instead of cultivating a deeper relationship with ourself, our spirit, we seek to cover up the way we feel by these other means. And it's really interesting how, you know, of course, even when we 
we dive into self-development or into, you know, more empowering spirituality, we bring that with us. We bring with us this, you know, disempowerment that comes from really the way we've we've been raised since we're born. Yes. Yes. And it also comes from depending on what your school of thought is, which I'm very much into past lives, past lives. I'm sorry. Um, So it could be some trauma or some energy left over from your past life that you have not done the cord cutting or haven't done the past life regression where you can go back into your past life. And before you move forward into the next one, you release that energy. Um, So fears right and things that come up for you as anxiety could be related to your past life now if you don't know anything about past lives as as a witch then as part of your practice then you wouldn't know how that past life affects you but you have to be able to look at traumatic events in your life and do the work. It's almost like therapy. No one wants to go to therapy. Everybody cries when they come out of therapy. <laughs> but in the long run, it's for your own good and it gets you moving and it gets you to be where you want to be, a healthy, centered individual and balanced individual. Um, for example, um, I love to eat. I've lost a crap load of weight, gained it, lost it, gained it. But I was like, why am I, this is the only thing I have. Why am I obsessed with food? <laughs> That's the only thing. I'm not a drinker. I'll drink every now and then. I'm not into drugs. You know, every now, I'm, I was like, although sometimes I wish I was on some days. <laughs> right. So, but I'm like, what is this obsession? Why can't I just, you know, be okay with food. So I was like, I need to fix this. I need to go to past life and see where it comes from. So I did a past life regression and it came from one of my past lives when I was a child. I was probably, I don't know, 17, 1800, something like that. I was very poor and starved as a child. And I'm like, oh, now I realize why I have this obsession with food is because in a past life, I was starving, right? Wow. Yeah. So it goes deeper sometimes. And that's what I I talked about witching. That's why if you want to know what your problem is, you be be prepared to know where it comes from because it's going to blow your mind. And so a lot of that you have to figure out why you unnecessarily anxious why do you have this crazy fear I have a crazy fear of heights I can't even go over the overpasses because I'm terrified of overpasses so look at a spiritual reason why you have these weird fears and that is like I talked about a part of witching is going deeper in figuring out where the traumatic events happened and karmic energy that you will figure out is it your karmic energy is it past karmic energy from families that you haven't done the cord cutting ceremony on so it's really diving deep into trying to be whole again because everybody's so shattered absolutely you know it's about either all these different layers to it but ultimately the result is just really reconciling the different parts of us and reconciling the different sides of who we are not just the ones that are pretty (laughs) so 
What's your big vision? And you can answer that however you want. Maybe it's in terms of your business, your work in the world, your life purpose. What's your big vision for the world? My big vision is empowering as many women as I can through witchcraft. And that means being more visible. So next year, <laughs> I have the, well, let's, let's back up a little bit. I'm teaching classes online and offline. I'm being um, called to bring in more women together at retreats and doing more speaking gigs around the country and to bring more women together in person instead of online also. More balance because remember life is all about balance. And I think with the social media thing, people now are just, they're missing that human connection, that face-to-face now, I think. Yes, it's, it's so important to, you know, balance it. Because, yeah, social media is an amazing tool, but we also, like you said, we need to connect together. Something really powerful happens when we do. Oh, yeah. And then when women, and because I run well, rituals and um, coven rituals online and offline there is something the energy is different there is just something with women gathering in together in one space physically that you can change that woman immediately versus online right because the energy is so different so powerful in person so that's my big vision is to take over the world no i'm just kidding Um, so I have a, I don't know, not an unrelated question. It, uh, this actually is very deeply connected to our discussion here of empowerment um, and, and, and knowing that you're in control of your life. I'd like to hear your thoughts and your opinion on the idea, the concept of destiny, namely whether or not you feel that it's a real thing um, and what role you see that in creating our own paths and, you know, just to put my cards on the table, I always tell my, my tarot clients, is usually when this comes up, when I work with, with the tarot, because, you know, <laughs> I, I like to sort of, I, I approach tarot from a very empowering place. And I use the symbols to basically unlock the messages in your subconscious. And, and I show you how to work with that. And I always say, you know, it's not that I, I I'm not going to tell you the future. Because, and then usually I get interrupted and I say, you know, I, I know you can't like read the future. And I say, no, I definitely can. <laughs> but here's the thing. I could tell you what I see happening and you can make a choice tomorrow that's going to turn things around. Or I can tell you, yes, this is going to be a difficult or challenging path, but you could choose to fight for it. You always have the choice. Absolutely always. And most importantly, for me to say, oh, this is what I foresee, that takes your power away. And quite frankly, you probably won't listen to me anyway, because, you know, we've all been told things were bad ideas, not even by psychics, just by regular people. We did them anyway. So I would really, I'm just interested in your opinion on the idea of destiny and what role, how you reconcile your beliefs with that on the rest of your work. Well, I totally agree with you. As a tarot reader also, um, I always tell my clients, now, everybody has free will. These are what the cards are saying, right? And it goes beyond that. You have a choice in life to either be where you're at or change your circumstances. Now, in tarot reading, it's like, I'm going to tell you what's going to happen if, if 
whichever way you want to go. If you keep going down this path, this is what's going to happen. But if you go down this path, then this is how it's going to happen. Everybody has a free will. But then you have to look at it. It's almost like, what is it, the Seven of Cups, or all the cups are kind of all over the place, where you have so many choices in life, right? People are afraid or to make a choice, and so they freeze, and they don't make a choice, and then they're stuck forever, and until another something um, catastrophic happens. But you can always change your destiny. You can manifest what you want to happen in your life. I've manifested so many things, relationships, um, places. I, I manifested the person I'm with now, Blair, my significant other. I manifested money. I have manifested this move to Austin. I've manifested so many things and my clients have to and I teach them how to change their circumstances. But if you don't want to be in control of your circumstances or your life, well then go ahead and follow destiny, right? But if you are not happy with the way things are going, maybe that's the universe telling you that hey, I'm going to give you this opportunity to change your destiny. Let's see if you are up to it. And what lessons do you learn along your path of destiny? I love that. I, you know, I'm going to have to actually, when I, when I publish this episode, I'm going to have to go back. You had a great quote there. And I, of course, can't remember it exactly now. But something about, yeah, if you want life to just happen to you, I'm paraphrasing now. If you want life to just happen to you, then follow your destiny. I love that. So to close up, what's your advice for magical entrepreneurs. So, and, and by that, it may be people directly working in, you know, what I call the psychic services industry, or just people who are looking to bring a bit more of their spirituality, um, a bit more of mysticism to their entrepreneurial endeavors. What advice, what's one piece of advice you have for them to get started? There's so many <laughs> advice, but don't wait. If it is calling to you, do it. If you want to change your life and you're not happy with where you are now, I don't care where you're at in life, what it is. It doesn't even have to be magical. I just want people to know that they can change their life and they can create the life that they desire and don't wait to change it and to take control of your life and manifest what you want. Because I'm telling that, like, you know, we talked about earlier, there's never going to be a right time. There's never going to be enough money in the bank for you to, to retire or to, you know, start a new business. You're never going to be the right age. You're never going to um, have, oh, if I just sell one thing, I get that money, then I'll, I'll buy a coach. You're, it's never going to come because you're putting the only if. I'm going to wait. The universe is not going to wait. That whole wheel thing is turning. And you're going to look at yourself and your life nine months from now. And if you haven't made that change, I guarantee you, you are going to kick yourself in the butt. Because you're going to be in the same mindset. You're going to be in the same dead-end job or same you know, crazy relationship or doing your nine to five, or whatever it is, and you're going to kick yourself in the butt because you didn't take that opportunity when you had it. Absolutely. That is beautiful. I always say that if you want to have everything different, 
you have to do everything different. So thank you so much for that wisdom to leave us on. For those of you listening, if you'd like to find out more about Madam Z, you can check out the link in the show notes and find out more about her work and the work she does around magic and empowerment. And in closing, Madam Z, is there anything you'd like to say to our listeners? I just want them to witch on. (laughs) That's all I want them to do. Go out into the world and be a beautiful, witchy, powerful being. Uh, Sounds good to me. You know I'm there, and I know so many of you are there as well. So thank you all so much for listening. Like I said, feel free to check out the show notes for information about Madam Z and her programs online as well as her online Facebook group. You can also check out the link in the show notes to sign up for my Boss Witch Biz Party, which is happening next week. It's happening on August 20th, Tuesday, August 20th at 7 p.m. Central Time. You can get all the details in the show notes. It's an amazing free event where you'll learn how to use magic to start a business, to grow your existing business, to go full-time with your side hustle, and also just to have more fun because that's the real reason we all sign up to be entrepreneurs, isn't it? (laughs) And even if you're not an entrepreneur, I encourage you to come check it out. You're going to learn some really, really great tips for using magic to set goals that stick and to create change in your life. So even if you're not a boss, which just yet, it's definitely still for you. So thank you all so much for listening. And I will talk to you again next week. Goodbye. you so much for listening. If you loved this episode, be sure to leave a five-star review in the Apple Podcast app and share it with a friend. I would love to hear from you. Let's continue the conversation on Instagram. DM me at rebirth underscore of Venus and be sure to grab your free ritual guide at rebirthofvenus.com.